Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Yoy and double yoy. We talking about Twitter. Triple yoy. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quadruple yoy. Never give up on the Steelers. Oh, my God. The dead has risen. What the hell is going on? Who's coaching this ball club? Mike T. My Tomlin gets my game ball. Yeah, we are back. Mm-hmm. It's what Jin's talking about. The bandwagon is officially closed. <laughs> Only fans from here on out. And that's why we're here. It's what Jin's talking about. I'm mm-hmm. Kyle Price here with Greg Benevent. Hello. We are, if, if this sounds a little unusual, don't adjust your dials. We are bringing it over Zoom because uh, the COVID kid has hit Jin's. That's right. <laughs> I'm down for the count. But then I heard Juju was back and I said, it's time to rise up. We need... <laughs> One more podcast for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So here we are. It's what you're it talking about. Topping it out. That's right. You know, it's uh, if, if TJ Watt can play with cracked ribs, then I can play with cracked lungs or whatever. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, I think it's pretty, pretty Close similar. enough. It's, yeah, it's what Jin's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers' social media conversation. And it's playoff week. Playoffs? 
Yeah, that's right. If uh, if, you, if you were chasing the bandwagon, uh, you, you probably are surprised to be here. But some of us knew all along that it was within reach. Uh, you know, even when we were five, five and one, or uh, even when we lost to the Vikings, even to the Chiefs again, mm-hmm. we knew mm-hmm. we could still easily be standing here. And uh, I'm, I'm just not standing. That's all. We're here, but just not mm-hmm. standing. Mm-hmm. All right. right. We are sitting uh, proudly. Sitting, sitting, kind of like the fans behind me at the at the Browns game. They were demanding <laughs> that I sit in that game. Uh, all right, it's been it's been a great week for Steelers Twitter, but mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say a hundred percent. You know, uh, mm-hmm. let's get to the tweets. I, I want to start with the good takes because we don't always, you know, it's we don't always get to start with the good takes. So we don't always have good takes. Well, that's true, too. In a playoff week, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of these haters came around, but uh, mm-hmm. I know I know who the real I know who the real ones are. Let's get mm-hmm. to the good takes. Let, we'll start with, hey, at Trey Day 79, Trey Essex, I am in awe of this season. A new O-line, two different O-line coaches, a new mm. offensive coordinator, four rookie starters. No to it. Lose a Lulu for the season. Worst rushing defense in the league. No stats other than sacks. And we're back as a playoff team. Here we are. I guess there's not much to say about Trey Day there, but that was kind of, that's how I felt all week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I also like that the worst rushing, what I like the most about it, I mean, Trey Essex is absolutely correct. And what a great example of a self-made player, one that really became really good. But that worst rushing defense in the league was seen as like, injuries and coaching turnover is one of those things that just happens yeah yeah uh let's uh let's keep the good tweets the good takes here our own jeffrey benedict at mm-hmm. fanta skippy here from behind the steel curtain steelers allowed over 200 yards rushing to the ravens gave up less than 17 points that's the third time they've done it this season and they haven't lost a single one of those games no mm. nfl team has ever pulled that off this Steelers team is different. So even mm-hmm. in maybe our statistically worst defense ever, it's still uh, I still see it as a historic defense. Can you can you uh, how do you explain this kind of stat here? Well, one I I, I think I I've, have yet to see somebody even come close to explaining it. That's why every time I hear someone <laughs> talk about it, it's always in the context. It's not in the context of what does it say about the Steelers team, but rather what does this say about the league moving forward. Oh. Does this mean that the, that just because it's always the passing is so important that a team can win like this? The pass matters so much more than the run. No, I think it to me what I look at it as, and perhaps this is a bit overly optimistic. I see this as the strongest possible statement of Ben don't break, yeah. because that is that is a lot of bending. That is like <laughs> some like limbo on a YouTube video you don't quite buy kind of bending. Yet for the team to have won all three of those games, that's quite a lot of not breaking, too. Yeah, that's true. You have to go on TikTok to see some of the yoga moves this defense (laughs) has put up. Uh, Let's go. One more good take here from at David M. Todd. The Steelers Mm. lost seven games this year, twice to the Bengals, who are Mm. in the playoffs, Uh, lost to the Packers, who are in the playoffs, lost to the Chiefs, who are in the playoffs, lost Mm. to the Raiders, who are in the playoffs. Uh, Lost to the Chargers, who were just a win away from the playoffs, and mm-hmm. lost to the Vikings, who were eight and nine. Hard to mm-hmm. sell the narrative of losing to bad teams this year. 
Absolutely, because they didn't. And what's ironic is, frankly, they didn't have a lot of opportunities to lose to bad teams. There really weren't many on the schedule. I mean, it's it's easy to say the lowest, worst moment is the tie to the uh, Lions. And that's obviously what kind of opened the door to all this wild drama on the last Sunday. Okay, but again, that's COVID with Ben and, and Mason coming out of the rain and literally everyone being in the rain and who knows what else. I mean, that one looks, I mean, obviously it's a lot easier to be rosy glasses when you're in the playoffs. But man, that looks a lot different from uh, January 2022 than it did just even a week or two after that we talked about we talked about how uh, difficult the second half of the season was going to be yet that seems when we excelled i think we were 100 what we added eight four and one on the season so something like that i mean it's it's yeah and it's it's and i think part of why that get that exact thing that you're talking about why neither of us knows that statistic off the top of our heads and why it's not <laughs> pointed out all that much is because the losses were blowouts and there were blowouts to very good teams. And that's very much what shadows and covers so much of the good that occurred in the latter part of the season. We wouldn't even be talking today if it wasn't for the Vegas and L.A. Mm-hmm. ending. So let's just uh, let's just briefly dip into some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the Iron Sheik at mm. the underscore Iron Sheik. Even the Chris Reber don't call that timeout. What uh, what were you thinking when, in those final moments? Well, first, what I was thinking, I believe we talked about this afterwards. I just turned off my phone at the start of overtime. I'm not checking Twitter. I'm not because I can't help with this. I went through 17 Steeler games of going through this, of driving myself nuts this entire season. I do not need to go through this too, moment by moment. I'm going to turn this on and just let this happen. Not to go on to another rant here, but this the Iron Sheet Twitter thing. It's a funny character. It's a great premise. <laughs> Somebody pointed out years ago, they don't think it's the Iron Sheet. They actually think it's it's like Canada-based agent, which makes sense, which is why a man that spent his entire life around wrestling and Greco-Roman wrestling would have hot takes on the Maple Leafs. <laughs> Regardless, it, 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 what age do you have to be to get this quick Chris Webber reference? <laughs> like it's you are you are not getting this if you're on TikTok. Like maybe you've seen that timeout. Like as far as you know, Chris Weber is an exceptionally well-dressed man who has insightful points about the NBA. You don't know him as a guy that like at what 20 called a bad timeout in a game they were already out of at the time. Anyway, see, this is just I start ranting about all this, just thinking about Sunday night. This is how much I didn't watch Sunday night. It triggers all of these other feelings. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, yeah, we, you have to be older than us to uh, right, to right. Remember. I didn't see that. Like, <laughs> yeah, Chris Weber. When we're talking about uni- when he was with University of Michigan, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and so that's yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> right. But what what do you think about uh, the timeout in general? Do you think that the Raiders were going to play for the tie? Uh, I think it's it's always. I think. I think playing for the tie and look, I mean, this takes like, I have, you have to like mind read like eight different people in real time to try and get to what anyone was thinking in the last few moments of that game. I, I think playing for the tie became a more viable option as that series went on. I take everyone at their word and I believe Tomlin even when he was asked about it, but these guys wanted to beat each other. They wanted to get out. They wanted to make sure one of the teams from their like, division rival went home. Um, I, I, what I've found in other people talking about this and it, 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 and it's interesting because it's easy to do this. And I find myself reflexively doing it too, is that to criticize uh, the Chargers coach for this timeout is basically to dump all over the idea of following the analytics. The paper says 
call the timeout. The paper says call the timeout. I mean, it's like there's a paper drawn up for this situation, like where you tie and get into the playoffs. It, 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 um, I, I, I do think, you know, hindsight, the man wouldn't do it again, but, um, yeah, it, 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 again, it, it's, it's, but it's, it shows exactly why perhaps a team doesn't belong in the playoffs. You call a timeout ostensibly to put together a run defense. And then during that time, you put together a run defense that does the literal exact opposite of what you'd want. Well, you know, we, we wondered before if uh, the Steelers were God's team. And <laughs> uh, I don't know, you know, they, God or Satan, someone, someone's to blame for that one. Or Santa, I don't know, someone. <laughs> Some de- deity. <laughs> one last thing on Vegas mm-hmm. and L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Daniel Carson 38. Daniel Carson, mm-hmm. we're talking about the Raiders kicker. Steelers, mm-hmm. please thank your fans who are generously donating to charities I've been involved with. I think the final tally this week was somewhere between 15 and 20 grand, I think. Oh, wow. Good for good for the Steelers fans. That's great. Thanks and so. that's not even, and I don't even know. I know we donated to Jackson Jacksonville charities too. So Oh, good. Good. It was the it was the season of giving from Steelers fans. Mm-hmm. I also like the way this this Mr. Carlson ended the tweet by uh, putting playoffs in all capital letters with multiple exclamation points <laughs> because that too is how I feel. Playoffs and then like a lot of excited surprise. That's right. All right, let's go on to Ben. Right, mm-hmm. uh, let's get mm-hmm. to the Ben tweets at NFL Research. Ben Roethlisberger completed his 57th game-winning drive, including playoffs. Uh, that's in the Ravens game, breaking the tie with Peyton and Drew Brees for second wow. most in the Super Bowl era. Only trails Tom Brady, who has 67 career game-winning drives. So mm. uh, I guess we're going to have to win the Super Bowl if uh, Ben has a chance to catch Brady on this one. Uh, I don't know. We might have to win the next three Super Bowls. Ben's out there with bionic legs. It, um, I mean, it's surely somewhere there is some intrepid uh local t-shirt or merchandise maker in western pennsylvania somehow tying 57 game winning drives to heinz 57 surely oh. there's something in there someone's putting that one together already that, Maybe, uh, uh, if you're uh, listening people at steel city uh apparel <laughs> who make such wonderful things get right on that but um, well i think i think the btcs has their own bit of uh Bit of oh, good merchandise as well. Maybe we can thank you a... for tying that back in before I just start mentioning extensible competitors. Yes, that's much, much, much better. This is see where this is what COVID does. This is how you end up like this. And, oh, uh, believe me, we're all, we're all, we're all questionable. And, um, uh, how, let's keep the Ben Love going. This mm-hmm. is from at PFF underscore Roth. Uh, mm. is that yeah, is that a Roethlisberger PFF fan in there? Okay, another oh, remarkable count. snippet from yesterday's thriller. Ben Roethlisberger completed six straight passes in overtime, the longest completion streak throughout any overtime period in NFL history. So a historic overtime win. I guess technically you can't throw six straight completions if you're not dinking and dunking. That was exactly where I was going to go with this. I mean, they, but, but I'm, but, it, well, I am always going to give a pass to another. In effect, they won is that one of those, uh, two of those six completions were, of course, the amazing one-handed catch by Najee and the fourth uh, down conversion to Ray Ray, which every, which I, I, frankly, I still find that one hard to watch today. Like it's <laughs> days later, thinking he's going to drop it this time. And, um, and it was a low throw too. If you right, it was yeah. Yeah, right. Of Ben's fifty-seven career game winning drives, many of them included far better throws than that. That that's. I mean, hey, it worked out. That's all that counts. But you know, at uh, you know, but 
how hard is it for any quarterback to throw six mm-hmm. straight completions? If any time at any yeah. point during a game, much less overtime with the season on the line and what can generously be described as inclement weather. Um, but, you know, not everyone was a Ben fan out there. Of mm-hmm. course, we've got at Mark Madden X, Mark Madden. Uh, the Steelers mm-hmm. beat the Ravens and made the playoffs via the sheer will displayed by Ben Roethlisberger, who excelled in no way beyond achieving the results. Uh, um, I mean, I mean, is that just is that a hater take? I get, I get that you know Ben didn't throw a fifty yard bomb. I get that Ben didn't scamper, uh, you know, one hand. He didn't put off suds with one hand and run, you know, to 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 escape mm. the sack. But uh, come on, this is is this shortchanging Ben here? Well, I think this is this is my personal favorite way to excel. The part you achieve the result. If you're going to excel in a way, that's certainly the way to excel. If you're choosing one, and um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's. I mean, sure, okay, it would, it, but I, I, it, the thing is, of course, I mean, not to be uh, uh, the just win baby person in the context of you know, because obviously it's the most Raiders we've talked even during the weeks they played the Raiders, but um, yeah, it, it, it that's. That, that, that's the only kind of of excellence that truly, truly does matter. I mean, it's it's I, I've become more aware of this season maybe than any other. How how many years there were where the Steelers would get like, you know, six sacks in a game and and roll up like four or five hundred yards offense and then lose at the last minute because of something else. And there was this weird feeling of like, ah, we were cheated. No, we weren't. We didn't excel in the part that mattered. So, you know, this is in its own way. This I'm not necessarily calling this karma, uh, uh, perhaps, but as a as a learning opportunity of what really, really matters in this game. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. It's like, you know, uh, six completions in a row is is a feat on, on its own. Uh, no turnover. You know, we've seen right. games end on a turnover. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that didn't happen in the fourth mm-hmm. or in overtime. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can you can hate if that's your brand. Uh, and believe me, Matt <laughs> is the say, only for, one. <laughs> yeah, for a lot of folks, that's a lucrative brand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one last thing on Ben. How about at Dave Barron three sixty three? Tails never fails. Come on, Ben. He was zero for two on the on the coin flip against the Ravens. There called heads both times. Man, you and I have talked about this this year. I cannot remember a year where they had less winning of the coin toss and the other team defers to the second half. I mean, not that I like, you know, keep track of like Steve's coin tosses over the years. This isn't that kind of podcast, but regardless, <laughs> I have no idea. And, um, I also think, and this could just be me, we, so much of the tails never fails ethos has come to be because nothing rhymes with heads. <laughs> like heads, not heads. reds. Heads stay not deads. If there was a simple two-syllable rhyme, it would be just as popular as Tails Never Fails. I think it's Heads Craps the Beds. I think Okay. (laughs) But even then, you had to add an extra syllable. It's not like (laughs) Tails Never Does Fail. Like, no. It's so... Yeah, if anyone can find something that rhymes with Heads in that just as snappy a fashion, it'll all of a sudden become far, far luckier. I like Ben's coin toss strategy. Staying consistent Mm. before the game... And at overtime, because come on, what are the odds that you're going to miss both on head, you know? And <laughs> that's true. The odds, t- the odds are one out of four, I believe. I think it's a 25% chance to miss both if by calling heads. And so, so 
those are some odds, I guess. That, and it just hit me as a piggyback on this, as much as you can criticize the, the coin toss thing about, like, I've tossed a coin, but I've never picked one before an NFL game. Ben's yeah. certainly done it more times than me. So in, on this, I'm going to defer to him, too. Like, you'll it's never, not the same as the pa- pa- throwing a slant, but still, he's done it more than me. You'll never think more about a coin toss if, if, when it, until it's <laughs> overtime of an NFL game, right? Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, let's move on to Coach. Mike Tomlin's got to be in Coach of the Year conversation. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got... Alan Saunders at a Saunders underscore PGH credit where it's due. Mike Tomlin managed the clock and possessions perfectly for his team tonight. Talking Mm. about the Baltimore game might Mm. not have always been the right decisions by the numbers, but he played to his strengths and Baltimore's weaknesses very well. Wow. Mm. We're not usually ever talking about Tomlin's uh, game management. Was that a factor in that game? Well, I, I think it's it's so much – I think a game manager is the, the way like I think – game management the way I think of humidity here in Los Angeles. Like you don't notice it except for its absence. Otherwise, <laughs> it just seems seems like things are operating as they should. It, um, no, this makes all the sense in the world. It, it, it's, I mean, it's, we've had, you know, good takes about people uh, uh, complimenting Tomlin. It, it's sporadically at times throughout the season. It's rare that we get a take like this where someone specifically points out the gate management and the clock management and the things that Tomlin is so criticized by, and perhaps not unfairly over the course of the years. But, when, but if you're going to do that, boy, you got to get it right when he gets it right. And man, oh man, did he get it right on Sunday. Uh, yeah, this was uh, it was an all around, you know, be, I mean, besides the, the fact of being not able to put up points, it was a uh, <laughs> it was like a, it was all around, you know, all, all phases mm-hmm. of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Let's keep the Tomlin love going. We've got at Zachary Smith, PGH, generational mm. day for Mike Tomlin, a win mm. on the road in Baltimore to earn a playoff berth, blew mm-hmm. a kiss to the camera a second mm-hmm. time. We've seen him do that. <laughs> danced on IG Live, and then of course uh, his his uh, his quote, iconic quote about Ben to- uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Everybody else gets a little tight. <laughs> so this was this was definitely a viral day for Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean that 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 little bit tight thing is just wonderful. I also would like to point out how much it, I felt. I mean, obviously, I feel connected to Tomlin. I felt even more connected to him during that dancing which very much seemed to be like a lot of like shoulders and something with your fist we're both doing it now people that unfortunately cannot see it it's it's there's a lot of it's some all i got from that dance is at some point in his life mike tomlin played mike tyson's punch out that's what i got out of the way he was kind of moving his fist during that dance it um i mean just just what a wonderful day and i i and the main thing to take i think as a fan watching that is to enjoy this yeah boy they are boy Tomlin is you've seen him win Super Bowls he didn't act like that I mean obviously he's a much much younger man but boy oh boy was he having a good time is he living this up and you absolutely should too yeah we've we're seeing a different we've seen a different Tomlin uh as parts of the season you know I think he's loosened he's loosened up a little mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah he's he's you know he's dancing yeah he may not have moves like Jagger I think he has <laughs> uh maybe moves like Yager some old <laughs> white guy moves you know <laughs> <laughs> yes all right let's go on to sorry where are my sound effects all right hey uh Mm -hmm. you know not not all lovers out there we've got andrew filipponi at the pony express saying this is one of tomlin's best seasons is a stretch unless Mm. you suspend belief and remove his role in roster decisions 
Mike Tomlin's the personnel man gave Mike Tomlin, the head coach, the worst roster to work with in 15 seasons. Now you've said something kind of similar. Yeah, I, and I, I kind of get close to that, but I, I do think on some level there, and I do believe a good bit of that. I'm, but, but to that same time, what I will say is I don't know to what extent the personnel man made it for the coach. I mean, it, it, I do take them at their word that like by the time the season starts, they really kind of don't think about the personnel aspects of it. And it's like, let's just go forward with what we've got. I think in that context, of the coach just starting from the blank slate week one Buffalo to today, then absolutely it's one of his best coaching jobs. I, I, you know, and obviously it's hard to keep a roster together and to continually find good players, but yeah, it, 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 uh, as a sheer coach, as just doing the coaching, this is absolutely one of his best seasons. I mean, it's just for head coach, Mike Tomlin, sure. You know, I'll defend the personnel by just saying that, uh, you know, the 90 people that we brought to camp were far from the 53 that <laughs> we ended up with, you know. Um, right. So it's hard to say that, you know, the personnel decisions, a lot of these personnel decisions came when rosters were set across the league. And so we're mm-hmm. out there finding people like let's trade for a Witherspoon or let's get a, you know, Joe Schobert. And it's mm-hmm. it, it's not necessarily the same decisions that might've been made. We'll, we'll see soon. We'll see in March, uh, in mm-hmm. April, you know, oh, yeah. maybe what, uh, what, you know, Tomlin, the roster man or, or uh, Colbert or whoever, we'll get to the Colbert talk in a bit, but right. um, I'll just say that, you know, the, the roster that we came to camp with was, is, is not the roster we're going to the playoffs with. The one that went to Buffalo isn't the one that's yeah. going to the playoffs. I mean, it, that Adams guy, I keep thinking him all the time whenever I see 54 out there. That's one that stands out to me a lot. And frankly, he's, you know, I mean, the guy's not Casey Hampton, but for someone you found, he more than does the job. At, uh... Let's, uh, let's, let's move on to the offense. Um, oh, God, we got so much. I don't want to go super, super long because I don't know when I'm going to stop talking. Let's just go to... <laughs> <laughs> let's go to... At is this Aquamini? Okay. Release Joe Haig literally killed the season. Wow. Um, you know, again, this is one of those. This this is actually a guy that we did bring in um, mm-hmm. prior to the season and didn't expect him to get many many snaps. Um, right. He had to fill in week eighteen because of Dan Moore Jr. out. Um, mm-hmm. I you know it. it I, I don't know. He seemed like he played a good enough game that we won. I don't know. Yeah, I think, and I think that that's all you can judge the backup on. Uh, uh, they did not make the game killing mistake. Are they going to play like a first round pick or even like a fourth round pick? Um, probably not. It, it, but did they make the game killing mistake? No. Then they did the job. It, 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 in an optimal world, this Joe Hag isn't out there, and even a decent world, Joe Hag isn't out there. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 you know, you tip your cap if someone lay back up like that. Does that mean he's the long term plan at, at, at offensive line? No. But it, he stepped in. They didn't lose. Uh, he excelled in no way beyond the result. Uh, now I, I've come <laughs> around all the way of trying to reclaim that to get it on like a T-shirt. At uh, what an epitaph but yeah yeah we do need that on a shirt maybe let's um (laughs) well let's let's go to even a even worse take on joe haig let's go to at tommy jaggy Mm -hmm. pittsburgh had a fresh zach banner sitting on their bench on a Mm two-year 10 million dollar contract instead of playing banner and okafor at tackle in the final game the steelers played haig 
and forfeited a fifth round comp pick. Oh my Ooh. gosh. We, <laughs> we forfeited a, a the fifth, what is that number? The 196th overall pick? What? Uh, oh my gosh. How could we have wasted this fifth round pick? I, I think for that pick, you automatically get like Brian St. Pierre's cousin. I, I don't know what happens <laughs> there. It, um, but yeah, it, 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 I mean, I, like everyone else, for a good portion of the season, I too had that knee-jerk reaction to, ah, something bad happened in the offensive line. Zach Banner is literally standing there on the sidelines thinking about what he's going to put on Twitter. Why is this <laughs> happening? And, and and I keep, and what I, I imagine I come back to, and I haven't heard anyone say this explicitly, but I assume it's sort of the case. It's very similar to the, why is the ball going so much to Ray Ray uh, conversation about like, this is the position and this is the position the guy plays. It, uh, sure, a fifth round comp pick would be nice. And uh, the offensive, and it's not like the offensive line is so perfect to the point where you can't criticize them. But I do know how much any football organization prioritizes stability on the offensive line. And then you take an organization like the Steelers, which prioritizes stability in everything. So like they want double stability, which I think kind of leads to someone like Joe Haig continuing to be out there. Hopefully, hopefully he has a lot of opportunities to kill the season in the weeks to come. I mean, for, I mean, we'll, let's first talk about if, um, you know, the fact that Zach Banner hasn't been playing, should say something you know about him okay he's not playing that says enough as it is right there but the Mm -hmm. fact that you want to put him in in a in a playoff meaningful game uh just to save a fifth round pick I mean I remember I remember fourth round picks that we've cut before the season started I think uh cornerback uh Shaquille Richardson was that one I, uh, I mean, maybe it's it's there's a there's a point where they all blur together, but it is very much like think about yourself as a fan on those days when you, you know, hopefully you, the person listening to this podcast, haven't done that. But if you are listening to this podcast, you almost surely have Listen to that Saturday of the Steelers draft. And we go, OK, we're in the fourth round. Well, who's around that? Like I've heard of in college who has a big arm that played at a small school. Who was a running back that was either real fast and had no carries or had a million carries, but, you know, is slow. Like that's when you start making more and more of those mental and moral compromises in terms of who can come to your team so it's and that's again at the fourth round pick by the time you get to the fifth (laughs) comp round comp round pick it's like hey that guy looks big (laughs) yeah right i mean we we traded up for louder milk in the fifth but right otherwise i can't think of a fifth round i i mean gosh this is a this is a question probably for uh the stats geek or for uh dave showfield or whatever on btcs i'd love to know you know the the best fifth round pick well, I mean, you start getting, and that's what I'm saying. You start, for the most part, you start to get to things like, okay, what haven't we addressed versus like who has something amazing on the resume? Like, you know, the one time they took the, what was it, sophomore or junior that was two time Mac special teams player of the year. Well, that was AB. He didn't have huge, oh, yeah. huge stats, but he returned the ball a million times. Like, that's when you start to, I mean, AB was a sixth, but that's when you start to get into stuff like that. Like, hey, this guy's real good at returning punts. Maybe we can figure out how to catch the ball. You start making those kind of compromises and, and weighing this versus that in terms of who could potentially do something. All right. I do quickly can tell you some good fifth round picks we've had. Mike Webster. Okay. Okay. That probably counts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hardy Nickerson, Craig Wolfley. Oh, yeah. Barry okay. Foster, mm-hmm. uh, Clark Hagens. Okay, William Gay. All right. So, you know. Th- th- and, but each of those guys, I'm sure there was something at the time. They're like, ah, there's a reason not to pick this guy here. I mean, they did, but I'm sure there was something at the time where it's like, ah, there's one reason or another. At, uh, but oh. never a reason to try to miss the playoffs in week 18. No, 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 no. You weren't thinking that like, oh, 
<laughs> what are we going to do in the fifth round in April? Ask it, stay on the bench, Joe. Like, All right. Of course, um, even though we won and go to the playoffs, we still got to. All right. Quickly here, we'll just go to at Luke Sawhook. Should Matt Canada be fired? 40.2% yes. Mm. Inexcusable. Mm-hmm. 33.9% no. It wasn't his fault. Okay, this is a this is a little bit closer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, before in the past, I would say it was probably about 80-20 fire Canada. Now we're, we're right. almost uh, we're almost down the middle now on Canada. Mm-hmm. And, and I would like to point out the very final thing on that tweet was uh, 25.9% was just show me the results, which is when people click on a survey on Twitter so they can see the results later. I would take it in this context to me, just show me the results. We're going to playoffs. That's the <laughs> results. More so, that, uh, show me that. That, and the no, it wasn't as far as I think. Look, I, again... Regardless of what happens this coming weekend, I'm I'm I I I can live with Canada leaving. I can. I I but getting to the playoffs means I'm also at the point where I can more easily live with Canada staying too. With the idea of whoever comes in next to be the quarterback is going to grow and learn with him together. That they'll have a thing, et cetera, et cetera. But if Canada is shown the door at the end of the season, uh, my heart will continue to go on. <laughs> okay, last thing on the offense, and then we got to hit the commercial. Um, at this is Christian Paluzzi at C Paluzzi. Mm. It will never double negative here. It will never be not ridiculous the amount of times per game the Steelers ask Ray Ray McLeod to handle the football. Um, so is that a double negative? Does that mean that it is? I'm I'm sorry. I I'm, I'm I can't understand the syntax here. No, 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 no. And and no amount of grammarly is going to save us here either. I mean, it's it's. I too think of more than uh, multiple negatives many times when Ray Ray has thrown the football. So I absolutely <laughs> understand where this lady's coming from. I mean, it's. I, I've thought my way around this so far that I'm willing to go out into like further reaches to try and explain it. Like maybe it's on some level. Maybe that sometimes it's it's Claypool's fault for not getting more open, or it's that every pass can't go to DJ, or it. You know, I I. I do think, and I haven't seen the numbers, so I could be wrong about this, but I think it's going to be a little bit better now, and I think it was a little bit better now, now that Muth is back, now yeah. that he is there as a viable option, as Gentry can be an option too, so it's not just you're throwing all the time to McLeod, but it's it's a lot better weeks like this, weeks like after the Cleveland game, and I don't think this is totally divorced from the fact that they won, that it's easier to think, talk about these, when, when you say, oh, they targeted Ray Ray so many times, but first comes to mind is the good plays. Oh, it's yeah. not him getting covered by some dude that's a foot taller than him. It, uh, you're thinking about the fourth down catch. You're thinking about, again, I, I know we. it's rare to mention something two weeks in a row, but I'll, I'm still impressed with that catch you made going into the five against Cleveland that uh, that guy drilled him. It, hey, um, we, I, we, Ray we, Ray has convinced me he's a football player. I will say that through the course of the season, hundred, not just a return. He's like Juju Jr., you know? Um, Juju Jr., Jr., like the way they do, like the Mario, like Bowser and his kids, like that level of disparity height-wise. Anyway, you were saying. I'll I'll just say, you know, Ray Ray McLeod, you know, he may not be an MVP, but I think he's an MVP as far as he's over, he's outperformed his Mm. expectations more than anyone else, maybe, um, except maybe... uh, I don't know. I can't think of anyone on the team. I think well, I mean, the, the, uh, when you start thinking of guys, you, you, other guys that would compete with him, because I agree with you on that, you have to start coming with guys that weren't here at the beginning. Like, again, like this Adams guy or, you know, LeGlue, like guys that weren't even on this roster, basically. Like, it's so, yeah. So, your point about Ray Ray is 100% correct about some Le, of that. That's a good point. Thought. 
Yeah, good point. But, but, but it's only guys that come in later. Certain guys at the beginning of the year, absolutely. McLeod, 100%. So much further, uh, done so much more than we ever would have thought. Okay, um, we got to take our commercial break. So let's, uh, let's go do that. Um, that's fine. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back. It's what Jen's talking about, and it's time to talk about the defense. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I just want while we're heading to the playoffs, we do got the new Roger Wood uh, song, mm. but I didn't like his version as much as our version. So I just want to play that one more time for everyone. <laughs> Got Norwood and Henry Mondo. Derek Tuska, Pierre and Taco. Here we, go. we got Wormley and Miles Killebrew. Joey Schobert, a killer with her spoon. Here we, go. we got Ingram. Wait, who, who's number eight now? Here we go. Carl Joseph and Robert Spillane. Arthur Molet, but not Justin Lane. Here we go. Wait, these these guys have to actually play to get in the song. Here we go. Oh, these, they actually played? Here we go. We got Delonte and Archibong. Here we go. All right, that's right. <laughs> Even Delonte and, and Archibong, you know, they had they contributed at some point. Absolutely. This so, uh, all right, let's get to the tweets. <laughs> got to start with uh, the TJ talk. We'll go to at Miked Up Sports One. TJ Watt should get MVP votes. He won't mm. win it, but the impact he's had is just as significant as any player on the team. Uh, what do you think? Not just Defensive Player of the Year, but MVP. Well, I think it's it's. I think football voting kind of keeps that from happening. I, I forget. I think you only get one vote. But like, if this were like hockey, which has that totally different criteria for MVP, which is not the league's most valuable player, but the player judged to be most valuable to their team above all others, then absolutely by the hockey uh, measurement, I would hundred uh, percent vote for TJ there as well. I think it'd be just as important as someone like Aaron Rodgers, that kind of thing. So he, you're giving him the heart trophy. Is that what Yeah, that I'm is? giving yeah. him the heart. I'm not sure about the sulky yet, the uh, okay, defensive right. forward, but we'll look at it. Yeah. Um, is it, is it, I mean, is, is it foolproof that he's going to win defensive player of the year? Uh, I don't think anything is um, not when you have, I mean, it's just, if I'm, you know, sports writer for, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm trying to think of a random, the Detroit or someone like that. And it's, you get a thing in the email that says, Hey, you got to vote. And Aaron Donald is still at the top of it. And I really want to go back to dinner. Then I'm just, I might just <laughs> click on that than actually having to watch anything, but uh, I might be going by Emmy voting. I mean, it, but that's just that kind of thing. Yeah. It, well, uh, you know, you're not the only, well, you wouldn't be alone voting against TJ in that consideration because here is PFF, Pro Football mm. Focus. They're giving Miles Garrett first team 
outside linebacker, I'm sorry, first team edge over TJ Watt. They, they say Garrett forced 78 pressures, which isn't the most in the NFL, but he faced Roethlisberger twice, who averages 2.15 seconds to throw. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's got us talking about them at the end and very much like a zombie hand rising uh, from the grave kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it does get to a point where if, if you're making the determination, it, it's one thing to use like new next gen stats to justify position. It's something else to like make up next gen stats of next gen stats to make that position to have to like start rationalizing it. It's about, you know, like how many times did somebody have to play on a full moon? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? You start getting that to that. So it, um, I, I get, I mean, I see this as an exquisite bit of Twitter trolling and, um, you know, and I also think it's, it's things like this. I think, I think there's a strong incentive just to have another, to be the group out there that does have a different take on it, especially since in the wake of the Cleveland game, when you saw like the odds for defensive player of the year, totally shifted over to DJ, you started seeing like minus 1400 for comparison's sake. The, when last checked this morning, the odds that next week, next year, the Steelers have a starting quarterback other than Ben Roethlisberger is only at minus 1000. Oh, so it, um, um, you know, the fact that Miles Garrett should get more consideration in the defensive player of the year conversation because he faced Ben twice and wasn't <laughs> able to get pressure on Ben. Isn't that the point? It's, that's why you scheme is to, pardon me, is to not get him at the quarterback. You know, uh, everyone had to face TJ Watt and they still schemed against him and he still managed to hit the quarterback. Right. And I'll even piggyback on top of that. Weren't we saying after, you know, at least that first week, certainly the the big scheme that the Steelers had against Miles Garrett was put out the fourth round draft pick. Yeah, that was the scheme. It was like, you go out there and we'll figure it out from here. And that's what happened. Uh, let's talk about TJ's sack record, because there, you mm-hmm. know, there's been some controversy over that. <laughs> let's go to we're going to go back a couple to at the Mike drive. Oh, I'm sorry. This is at the Mike doctor. James mm-hmm. Lawhorn Jr. If Cam Hayward doesn't get called for the personal foul, TJ breaks the record by getting a half sack there. Am I wrong? What uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I think that makes more sense than the, um, you know, yesterday the Elias Sports Bureau said that uh, did not give TJ uh, credit for the, uh, the sack, the, the fumble and the thing and all that. With Again, I mean, that's a tough call, but, you know, it's the Elias Sports Bureau does not have it out for the Steelers. I'm willing to be paranoid and I'm willing to uh, believe in any number of grand conspiracies, but those folks are literally on the up and up. But um, but yeah, if he yeah, if Cam doesn't get that personal foul, TJ does break the record. It um, you know, and I think uh, uh, what I will say is that this that particular moment, more than anything else, I think shows just how impressive this record is because we did not have these same rules uh, when Strahan did set the record. As as amazing as pass rusher Strahan was, and please don't forget that. But you know, I I I I certainly didn't see a whole lot of Michael Strahan's games other than when he was in the Super Bowl when I was rooting for him pretty hard. But um, but yeah, I I I'm willing to believe that a couple of those times, either Strahan or someone else in that line, Jason Pierre Paul or whoever else, absolutely hit the quarterback in the head, and it was not called. What about, uh, let's go to this take, at DVE Randy, Randy Bauman. Does TJ get that sack uh, and claim for the record solo if the game was in Pittsburgh? Does does the the home field matter as far as statistics? Yeah, yeah, because they're the first ones that make the call. 
it's 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 i mean not to keep drawing analogies to other sports but you know in hockey the score at the game uh chooses who gets an assist and who doesn't in baseball you know the score at the game determines what is a hit and what is an error and um, a lot of these records can kind of hinge on that sort of thing so yes i do think in pittsburgh that very well might have been called a fumble i can also see it being overturned and uh and this becoming an even larger and goofier national story but uh i i, I definitely believe that that's not impossible that that is called a first section of this game of it at heinz field could they have called that that would have been if they you know you change that midweek and it just pops up in a pr release new sack mm-hmm. champ tj watt yeah that would be something unprecedented in sports right uh, yeah and it's and, and again their argument is you know it's it's I mean, you disagree with, but it's not insane. It's not a crazy argument to say, like, okay, the guy messed up the snap. They were supposed to run the ball. It again, it involves a bit of mind reading uh, for my preference, but uh, sure. And you know, let's not forget about the extra game in our schedule as well. Even though TJ played mm-hmm. uh, two less, I do think that there should be an asterisk next to TJ's record, and the asterisk should say played with cracked ribs. Right, right, right. In 14 games. Yes, you could put the asterisk. You can have to tie them and have an asterisk there. And then you can have these entirely just paragraphs between Strahan and TJ of all these uh, uh, qualifying statements. And, you know, uh, I'll just quickly mention that TJ has more sacks in his fifth season than uh, any other Steeler has in nine. Unreal. I mean, it's just crazy. Let's uh, he's not the only one on defense. Let's move on. To mm-hmm. at Ryan Clark, 25. Ryan Clark's mm-hmm. back. That's a mm-hmm. boss play by Minka Fitzpatrick. Been so impressed with him this year. Best year in the black and gold. Huge punch out. Now, mm. you know, we, we talk about how uh, Minka has had to do a lot more tackling. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen some missed tackles. And we've seen some over uh, over uh, over pursuing the, the play as well. Uh, mm-hmm. is, but in, in, despite all that, is this Minka's best season? I don't know if it's his best season. I'm more than willing to say it's his, uh, it's either maybe his best second half or perhaps best clutch performances, uh, biggest moments in big games. I mean, not that he didn't have other ones before, but, um, you know, uh, 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 yeah, I think he, he's really shown what a great player he can be in the bigger moments this season. I mean, is it, has it been as dominant a season as we'd have hoped? No, but again, with Minka more than anyone else, I, I think his, the, the perception of his entire season changes and changes a lot earlier if they don't get that weird call in Green Bay. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that whole Green Bay game could have uh, could have flipped this whole season. But, hey, we're, we're here. Get used mm-hmm. to it. Uh, one last thing on on uh, Minka here. Right, we'll mm-hmm. go back to PFF at PFF Christian Christian McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick posted a perfect coverage grade to accompany mm-hmm. a game saving pass breakup versus the Ravens. Um, if that was a perfect game, I mean, gosh, we're going to need more of that in the playoffs, I guess, right? Yes, yes. It, um, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I, I what what I did I do think you know gave me pause about this exact tweet is this implies just like this this never ending Russian nesting doll of PFF grades. Like they're grading <laughs> you in the game, and then they're grading you in the coverage during the game, and then they're grading you in the tackling. And there's just one nerd there right now, like twenty grades for what happened in like the middle half of the second quarter. Like it's just bizarre. Yeah, you're gonna get a whole report card just to say that you passed phys ed. Right, right, right. Yeah. And at the bottom, it says win overtime. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, okay. And, uh, All right, well, let's talk about what really matters. It's Arrowhead. Oh. It's oh, Kansas God. City, okay? 
Mm-hmm. Let's start with uh, at Nick Wright. Nick Wright, okay. who's on First Things First on Fox Sports 1. Mm-hmm. Chiefs getting the Steelers is better than a buy. This, this is how this is how you do it. This this is how you generate heat during a, a playoff week. You get up on the show the first thing in the morning when no one is awake and you throw out the hottest take you can think of. That's this is this this is a man who knows how to live. I know nothing about this guy, uh, but I'm like, man, this is the it's, and as soon as I'm sure like I did, the couple of producers said, yeah, we're having this guy back on first things first and that's <laughs> each week, no matter what happens, we are definitely getting this dude. They're going to have him on if the Steelers lose. They're definitely going to have him on if the Steelers win. So this guy can say something similar next week i mean as as guys a natural like uh yeah this guy uh i mean i don't want to say let's get to some uh let's get to some let's get to the facts about the chiefs game how about let's go to at neil coolong the chiefs are 11 and a half uh favored by 11 and a half over the steelers i believe the steelers have never been bigger playoff underdogs Colts were minus eight and a half back in 2005. So this, uh, when, when you're this big of an underdog, uh, I mean, you know, some people say that's a gimme, but uh, I don't know. We just saw Jacksonville be a huge underdog against Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Well, I, what I was stunned by is that was that stat that went around a few days ago about how the Steelers never been, I've only been a 12 point underdog four times in the Super Bowl era once is this week, once was the last game against the Chiefs, and the other game was where Cowher's very first game as a coach and Super Bowl 30. So it Oh, um, Super yeah, Bowl 30? We, so so hell, if we played the Chiefs like we played the Cowboys in Super Bowl 30, this is going to be a game. Right, exactly, which is literally where I was going to go with it. It was that exact point. And it's and 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 you know, in only one of those three games did they lose very badly. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, if it doesn't end with that you know, interception that scores turns into the late score and it's just they kind of fade out from there, then it's remembered a lot differently than it is. But um but yeah, so it's I I, I don't I personally think the Steelers will give them a game for a while. But yeah, it uh this is as big an underdog as any of us have ever seen the Steelers in our lives. But by that same token, I haven't looked at the line in a few days. If it's at eleven and a half now, it started at thirteen. So that move means it's moving a little bit. And these lines, at least these past few weeks, these lines have been moving uh, so much uh, in the final mm-hmm. days. Uh, let's. Hey, this is a this is a damning stat. How about this mm-hmm. from at Draft America? Kansas City is zero and six against the AFC QB royalty of Ben Brady and Peyton in the playoffs. Uh, that, I mean, that's is Ben. I didn't. I've never considered really Ben the AFC QB royalty, but I think now I, I will. Well, I mean, of of yeah, of, of guys that are sure sure easy first ballot Hall of Famers that the quarterback in the AFC, yes, Ben is one of them. The the the, the undercurrent to this stat is the only time is what is that it, Mahomes has only played two of these games, lost to Brady, right? Lost to Brady in the AFC title game, and then lost to Brady in the Super Bowl last year. But um, but yeah, it uh, uh, I mean, the less to this is this is a lot of Alex Smith in this stat. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it uh, it certainly it's it's. But, it, but these are the little things that it's easy to dismiss now, just as easy as it was to dismiss a week ago. And I certainly dismissed it. That utterly bizarre stat about the Colts being 0-4 or 0-6 or whatever it was in Jacksonville over the last so many years. Let's go to, let's talk uh, percentages. Mm-hmm. Um, 538, you know, they've mm-hmm. never they've never blown a prediction, right? I think. Um, <laughs> right, President Hillary? Um, 538 says... The Steelers have a 14% chance 
to make it to the division round, a 4% chance to make it to the conference championship, a 1% chance to make it to the Super Bowl, and a 0.3% chance to win the Super Bowl. I mean, of course, everyone's saying uh, the Jim Carrey quote there. Uh, so you say, I got a chance. Is right, that, was that right, Jim right. Carrey? Was it? No. Yes, that's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's Jim Carrey. Specifically, it's from Dumb and Dumber in the context of asking out Lauren Hawley's character. Yeah, he, <laughs> he asked her out and she chews it out. And I, I hated that moment then, and I certainly do now. <laughs> I absolutely cannot stand Nate Silver once the guy decided to become a pundit as opposed to just a predictor. But that's an entirely different podcast about a different topic. Um, this exact thing, wasn't it, was it, was it them a week ago or was it a different organization? Had the Steelers at, somebody had the Steelers at 4% to make the playoffs a week ago at this time, and someone did it at 8. I want to say it's 538 that had them at four it um the problem with with you know and 538 does do a lot of good work and they've got a really intense methodology behind everything they do in politics and sports and all that but the problem is they can only study the things that have already happened all these percentages are based on they run simulations like thousands sometimes tens of thousands of times but the stimulation simulation can't find anything new it can only tell you what you've already seen it so of course you know uh with when the last thing you're putting in there is the Steelers losing by what 80 points or whatever it was the day after Christmas the Chiefs then yeah that's what you're going to come up with and it's and these numbers cease to mean anything at the exact moment when they could help you like if you ever look at those stats of like what percent chance team had to win the game at this point you only ever see them again in the past when some team does throw off you know get off an amazing last second touchdown or kick and it's always some doofus has to tweet it out to be like well at this point they only had a three percent chance to win the game well yeah until they got the ball back and went down the field like yeah until yeah until it was tied up in in the fourth quarter yeah right so if 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 we had less than a 10 percent chance to make the playoffs and they're Mm -hmm. giving us a 14 percent chance to beat the chiefs hell i'll say uh i'd say i'm betting the house on it right exactly yeah 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 get out your yeah get out your get out the mortgage today i mean it's it's i'd love to see this lined up against the stats that like we'll have discovered an alien race by the super bowl like <laughs> i imagine they're pretty similar numbers in a lot of cases and uh last thing on the chiefs here uh we'll go to sidearm to kelsey the mm. chiefs have a chance to avenge a heartbreaker from five years ago against the steelers when the chiefs lost in spite of of not allowing an offensive touchdown. Hey, that sounds like they're playing right into our strategy. <laughs> I remember watching that game, and I don't know if I said it to you at the time or someone else, but thinking like, man, afterwards, if I was a fan of the other team, this is absolutely the worst kind of loss. Because it's the one where it's difficult to process just because, again, what we kind of what we kind of mentioned earlier today, be like, OK, there were all these stats that said we should have won the game and not just the stats, but the all important eye test. <laughs> we were moving the ball. I don't have a memory of them running into the end zone. What I do remember is didn't Sean Davis make some big goal line plays even after taking a bad penalty at one point. That's sort of my lasting defensive memory of that game for the Steelers other than of course Lev Bell running wild and and Boswell just not missing anything in that stadium anyone who can remember that game should shouldn't I don't want to hear the same kind of whining oh we we, we don't have any touchdowns in the first half or we uh, you know fire Canada in the middle of the playoff game uh look this isn't new to us okay don't score don't score an offensive touchdown hey no big deal um Mm -hmm. you know quarterback who can't throw uh, you know, 10 yards across the middle. No big deal. Mm-hmm. That uh, was so long ago. We hadn't yet invented the phrase. They excelled in no way, but the final score. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get out the crystal ball because there's still a little, uh, there's still some predictions out there for oh, 2022. 
we'll just go quickly to at David M. Todd. Which of the four realistic options is your favorite option for the Steelers QB next year? We've got Garoppolo, 24.8%. Mariota, 28.9%. Mason with the lead, 29.7%. And Winston with only 16.7%. What do you, what do you think about, out of those four? I, I think it's we finally found a, a, a tweet that makes me enthusiastic for Mason Rudolph. That's what I think. I 100%. I, I, honestly, of these, I mean, I know he's had the most success, but man, I'd have Jimmy G fourth on this. I, I'll take guys like Mariota and Winston have so, so much more upside in terms of athleticism. I mean, this feels a lot like, you know, what it was like when like Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior went to WCW, that same thing, like, do they have anything left? But yeah, it, uh, I, I, I would rather work out or work thank you work out or bring in both of those guys over jimmy g but maybe that's me maybe i'm wrong maybe jimmy still has it but boy all my all my memories and i don't see a lot of this niner team but all my memories of it are is him giving the ball to somebody and that dude running real hard that way like we have that mason can be that guy like it's uh, looking more and more like mace might uh might be in place or at least he's going to be competing right for the but for by the, the same token this is the maybe the last week we don't have to think about that <laughs> All right, we let's get to the speed round because uh, we just we're of course like every week we're going long. Um, let's just quickly let's just quickly touch on the Colbert stuff. Uh, we'll go to at Adam Crowley. Kevin Colbert is a Hall of Fame level GM. You know the rumor mm-hmm. is that this is, he's going to be gone after the draft. Although I believe the Pittsburgh Post Gazette said, "Don't believe the hype on that." What? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what, I mean, what do you I think. I, 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 uh, what I've always heard for years is that he doesn't want to leave until he's sure the, the franchise is in its best place. And for that to be the case is that they have to have a franchise caliber quarterback in place. It, that doesn't mean he has to be another first ballot Hall of Famer. Those guys are pretty rare. But, you know, if, if someone less Kent Graham than young Cordell. At, uh, to use an analogy. So I think if you, if he, I, so I, I, my, I mean, I always thought he wouldn't leave until such a thing is in place. So uh, uh, until I see him step down, I'm very much going to believe in that. At, uh, the, the, well, uh, under those, under those conditions, does that make you more likely to take uh, one of these QBs in the first round? I mean, I don't know if it's me buying into propaganda or me just buying into what people are saying around. Uh, you hear what the people are saying, but I mean, it's in the last month and a half, I think you and I have both noticed there's been a distinctive shift in terms of how people talk about this team drafting and it's away from the idea of a quarterback. Now, hey, that, that what I don't know what that means, but I do know it means that the reporters and uh, talking heads that we listen to, someone somewhere is getting something from the team. So that exact thing has to be coming down from on high, whether it's a faint or not. I do think that it, it, it's it's someone, if nothing else, someone wants us to think that they're not going Can't to make verify a that that's high. true, but it certainly sounds right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tucker is the appropriate analogy for that too, for the, the amount sounds, of speculation I went into there. Yeah. Sounds right. Sounds right. Okay. Let's go to, uh, how about, let's go to at Joe Oliveri's 18 hmm. Tomlin's decision to start Harvin at punter is one of his worst this season. Yeah, what, what 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 do you think about the the punter? Now we got two on the roster. What do you how do you feel that uh, that division of labor is going to end? I, I think it's a ringing endorsement for Tomlin's coach of the year candidacy to say the worst decision he made all year is who punts in week eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but by that same token, I mean, uh, you know, I, I look, I'm 
it's hard to find you'd be hard pressed to find someone more sympathetic towards harvin than me but by that same token it, the punting wasn't great the weather's not great either i imagine it'll be a little bit better in kansas city even though i'm sure it's going to be very cold and uh, yeah i would start the other guy waitman but I, I, and look, and I'm the last person to tell Tomlin what to do. But if that were the case, I have no doubt that he would sit down privately with Harvard and be like, look, this is just the way it's going to be for now. We're going to have a big fight between the two of you throughout the spring and the summer. May the best man win. Take it from there. You, we're going to give you all the chance in the world to go against this guy, you know, because again, it's, they've had this, you know, it's not like waiting some new guy that they just, they, they had him on the team all year and they didn't have him punt last year neither. So it, you know, it, 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 that had to come to a bit of surprise to them too, him kicking the ball as well as he did. So I, I would go with the hot foot, but by that same token, I, I, you know, it's, 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 I'd be hard, very surprised if this game comes down to a shank punt or not. That said, you're going to need all the help you can. Yeah. I mean, especially if, you know, if we're going to beat the Chiefs, we're talking about playing a, error-free game as possible. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've seen the flashes of things that Harbin can do. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen some coffin kicks. We've seen some, Mm -hmm. but we've seen some 27-yard, you know, there's nothing wrong with telling them, hey, we have invested four years into your contract, but, um, you know, for for the next four weeks, you might be... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is, but that's how this business works. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's tough, but yeah. Okay, how about for... Uh, let's let's talk some intangibles here. How about at Frosted Flakes? Mm. Congratulations to Najee and the whole Steeler team for the win. We will be on the sideline cheering you on in next week's game. Tony the Tiger on wow. the sideline? Uh, wow. What does that do to a team? I don't know. I mean, it, it just made me hit like how – do you let Tony the Tiger be a free agent as a mascot if your team literally called the Cincinnati Bengals? Like, how do you not lock that down at some point in the 80s? It, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, 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 it's amazing. I mean, it's, 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 I don't know what would cause the, you know, Tony to come out with his latent Steeler fan. Maybe like so many others, he became a fan in the 70s and he just kind of brings it up to friends. I don't know. It, uh, that's yeah, right. He's had to be a fan since the 70s, right? He's right. not, he's, He's too old to suit up, right? He can't play center, right? Oh, I don't, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, again, it'd be so weird that like, you know, the tiger like runs, picks up the fumble and scores like in the jungle against Cincinnati. I I can't get past that sort of business energy. Um, One more here in the speed round. Mm -hmm. It's, let's talk some off the field stuff. This is uh, at Jerome Bettis 36. You know, I Mm -hmm. always told my kids to finish whatever you start. Today, I started my final semester at the University of Notre Dame. I knew when I left 27 years ago to go to the NFL that I would be back one day. Um, only problem, Bus, is that uh, according to my math, you spent your time in Notre Dame from 1990 to 92. Uh, that's way more than 27 years ago. So he's not obviously not a math major. <laughs> the wheels on the bus go round and round at 10 miles an hour. They intersected the road with this. I mean, where they got, no, I, 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 I got nothing good, good for the bus going back to get this degree. It, um, it, it's nice to see this happen. It, uh, it, it, yeah, I, 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 I mean, how often do you see it's rare. This is the rare tweet. And I don't just mean this from the celebrities. I mean, this from like people in real life where they're like, I'm doing something good. And you're like, good for you. And not just showing off. Like, this is nice. This is an actual <laughs> thing that helps. Uh, I think a lot of folks are going to have, I really hope this uh, works out for the boss. Well, if you and I went back mm-hmm. to college uh, more than mm-hmm. nearly three decades after we dropped out, uh, mm-hmm. w- uh, wouldn't a lot have changed? Can you just go back and just take 18 credits and wrap up a degree? Wouldn't so much of what has changed? 
Well, yes, but I also think like it's a little bit easier when you're like have your hand over your forms and like it has the Super Bowl ring on there. Like I think that sort of changes perhaps how these forms are. Oh yeah, no. Well, I mentioned I think I saw the tweeting question that like the bus was like filming himself outside in the snow, but like you can do these classes online now. Like I don't, you don't have to be like there in you know uh, 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 Indiana in like the middle of January being like okay I'm going to sit in the lecture hall and write this out by hand. Like eh, I mean if the bus is doing that, more power to them. I kind of doubt he is. Uh, let's go to the final word here. Um, well, first, I got I got a couple. First, let's go to Adam Shine, who's from mm. uh, CBS and Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin, Big Ben, wow, take a bow. All sorts of mm. awesome. What a moment. I was dead wrong on the Steelers. Now, this wow. is how you do it. You can be mm-hmm. wrong. No one's saying you got to be perfect. You can mm-hmm. be wrong on your takes. But mm-hmm. when you are wrong, you need to just go up and own it. And I think this might be the yes. only guy I saw on Twitter this week to say, you know, I was wrong about this. And I'm talking, and there's people even on the BTSC staff, uh, you know, wouldn't mind seeing them maybe eat a little crow on this too. You know, uh, what a moment. I was dead wrong on the Steelers. That's all you got to tweet. That's all you got to tweet, haters. Mm-hmm. And I would like to point out for those of you that aren't able to see this is that when Kyle said and there's some people in the BTSC stat and he leaned forward and he sat up more in the chair and he leaned towards the camera like it was like they were here in the room with me. We're doing this on Zoom like they were hiding under the bed when he got up there to say it. Uh, but no, but Kyle is 100 percent correct about this. It's it's and really this is look if you should learn no life lessons from Twitter, save this one. This is the one when you're wrong about something, bring it up, say you're dead wrong, say you're sorry. You could say it's awesome, even if it's not that even if it's not to you that that this this guy's right. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the guy that they could be wrong about this. I feel like when we did our earlier podcast in the summer and correct me if I'm wrong, this dude was very big on everything with Ben is a disaster. And this team's going to go like three and 14. Like this was a big dude on that, if I'm not mistaken. I You know, I can't specifically rank him on uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to haters, but I was just I going said- by the last name. I thought I ranked him. There's been so many. All these haters <laughs> can take a bow, okay? Oh my gosh, hate, hate, mm-hmm. hate, and you know, in mm-hmm. all season you can hate and hate. Yeah, I've even turned around uh, some of the some of the haters on Twitter myself. I think mm-hmm. I have, but I'm not. I don't know. There's you're, you're it's a missionary. A, it's yeah. It's not a. Uh, it's not an easy cause. I feel like the uh, Eternals out there trying to. Uh, but uh, I couldn't make it through that movie either. Okay, um, just quickly on the final word, mm-hmm. let's go to at. Charles seven two nine two three nine nine five. The last person. Mm-hmm. Here's what Yin's talking about. You can't be the first seven seed to win the Super Bowl if you ain't the seven seed. Hashtag make history. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I what as soon as I thought this, I remembered a time and this January two thousand and five. No, December two thousand four. January two thousand five. And I was oh my word. I remember it was no it was oh six. And I was at Ross Park Mall. I was visiting my parents and there was a kiosk in the middle that had a Steelers logo and it said sixth seed. And I remember thinking, who would buy that shirt? Now I wish I'd bought that. I wish so much I'd bought that <laughs> shirt. That is one of the shirts I wish I'd bought. It just, it didn't have, it just had the hypocycloids and it said sixth seed. And it was, you know, and oh man, do I wish I bought that shirt. Uh, the final, final word we'll go, we'll give to at the John LeGlue, John LeGlue himself. Don't rule us out. Winners never quit. I think no. he's earned the right to be the John LeGlue. If I didn't know that was his Twitter account, he certainly deserved it after uh, helping uh, Ben stay upright to make it to the playoffs this season. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't rule them out. Are they going to lose? Yeah, most likely. But that this is enjoy this. This is a success. This is a successful season. 
by oh, any yeah. reasonable metric and by several metrics that are very unreasonable. <laughs> uh, and PFF has all the unreasonable. Right, metrics. exactly. <laughs> you can get their unreasonable grade. You can get their reasonable grade. You get their abstract grade. I think there's, right, I think they're Lovecraftian grade. Yeah, they're all out there. At, uh, all right. Well, we got to, we, we, you know, we got to get off the air. You guys have lots mm-hmm. of other things to spend your time with today. Uh, so, you know, thanks for listening. Um, mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kyle Price. Greg, where are you at? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Greg Benevent. Uh, B as in boy, E-N-E. B as in Victor, E-N-T. We'll be back next week with hell. Maybe we'll be heading to Tennessee. Who knows? Maybe uh, we'll be heading to the moon. You have no idea what's going to happen at this so, uh, you know, have a great time on Twitter. Keep your tweets uh, positive and just chill. Just chill. In the playoffs. Playoffs? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.